Welcome to the Pay Yourself First podcast. My name is Chris Jolly, and I'm on a mission to financially empower millions of entrepreneurs. I want you to make and keep more money so that you can begin implementing and turbocharging a plan for creating financial freedom your way during the life cycle of your current business without spending a ton of time or becoming a professional investor. You see, most of the financial teachings out there are made for employees, not entrepreneurs. If you wouldn't listen to someone who doesn't have kids about parenting, why take business financial advice from someone without a business? Are you ready to break free of bad advice and follow the trail of other uncommon entrepreneurs so you can get from where you are now to the lifestyle you were aiming to create when you started your business? Then stick around. Here comes another episode of Pay Yourself First, where the only investment we offer is the one you make in yourself. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm super excited today, as always, because I have another amazing entrepreneur on. Her name is Pallavi Pandey, and her company is called Detox, and they make sustainable plateware. So how are you today? I'm very good, Chris. As better as I can be. How about yourself? I'm doing super good. Thank you for asking. So I'm really excited you could take some time out of your busy day to jump on the show with us here and share your insights and wisdom with the audience. So thanks so much. Thank you for this opportunity. And I'm glad I'm here. Absolutely. So tell us a little bit more about your company, what it is that you do and who you serve. Uh, thank you for asking that. I'm the owner and founder at Detox Palm Leaf Tableware Company. And what we do at Detox is we make sustainable single-use disposable tableware like plates, bowls, trays, platters straws, spoons, whatever you can think of that you would need in your kitchens or at your events from naturally fallen palm leaves. And the beauty is these are natural resources on the ground. And I'm the mom who rescues these and give them one way use before they start to go biodegrade by themselves in three months. So that is what I've been doing for the last four years. And I'm sure you were wondering, what is detox? What does it mean? So this is a non-standardized spelling of the actual word detox, which means a cleansing journey. But here I'm just offering much more than just a cleansing journey for our bodies. This is outside of our bodies for the environment also. So this is detox, a cleansing journey with palm leaves for inside and outside of the body. Why? Because we're consuming responsible products and we're also taking care of throwing them at the end when we're done with the using them. I love it. Now, there's been a bunch of different biodegradable plant-based plates and stuff like that on the market for a long time. But yours really stood out to me because of the fact that you're not like growing things to make them. You're actually just using fallen palm leaves, which I think is amazing. Can you share with the audience how you came up with that idea? Yes, I would love to. I grew up in India and I used to eat on banana leaves in India while growing up. And that is a very cultural part of our tradition in India, which is when guests come, they eat on banana leaves just so that you're close to nature. You use what you can from the nature. So all of that really made me nostalgic because I've been here in the United States for a decade. I've raised my family here, my kids, we'd go back maybe after four years. So I was quite keen on bringing this concept to the Western world. Why? Because I miss it every day. And I was like, how can I bring a piece of India to everybody who's living here, who misses eating on leaves from back home kind of an experience. So that's what I want to bring to everybody, empower them with a sustainable dining experience with our amazing sustainable products. I love it. Now, can you tell me a little bit more? I know you have both e-commerce and you're in retailers. Can you tell us a little bit about what that mix looks like for you? How much of your business is online and how much is in stores? Sure. So when I started in 2019, it's been four years, I started with the 100% e-commerce brand. We were online because I just felt it's easier to start something online 
because you are just starting with an experiment and you really don't know if this is going to be profitable, whether you're going to have traction, whether you'll have sales. So that came very handy starting in 2019 e-commerce. But then we exploded during the pandemic in 2020 into Amazon, into Walmart, into Etsy. And I think we saw a very good traction. And I was like, why do I just need to cater this online? Why can I not do this on retail where the consumer who's walking by with a cart can literally place the item in their shelves at their convenience. They don't need to plan an online shopping. They don't need to wait for the deliveries or they don't have to worry about something not reaching on time. And so all of that really pushed me to talk to retailers. And last year, we launched in our first retailer, which is a small grocery store here in 11 locations across Oregon. It's called Market of Choice. And that is where we are on shelves to provide the consumer easy, readily availability and easy accessibility of our products. So even today, if you ask me, we are more towards the e-commerce and less on the retailer side because I'm still working on getting our products on shelves at bigger box retailers. And it takes time to pitch in and meet with distributors and buyers. And that's a total different ball game. So I'm just getting started there. Can you tell us a little bit about that and maybe some of the challenges you've had with that? Because I spent a long time myself in like grocery, wholesale, prepared foods and dealing with the stores, especially the larger ones, like you said, can be quite a challenge. So what have you bumped up against while doing that? Oh, everything. I barely have any connections or networks because I don't come from a background where I have a lot of business knowledge. I try to go and tap into the resources that I have locally here. For example, what I did, maybe other listeners can do is associate with yourselves with an accelerator program that is being offered in your region because that is how you literally tap. That's how you literally get into a community of people, whether it's CPG products, whether it's food industry. So whatever your niche is, you can tap into by joining or associating yourself with certain organizations, whether they're nonprofits or accelerated programs. And that's what I did basically, because I find it very challenging to find people from my community, like the Asian Indian background who are into business here in Oregon. And even if they are barely from my market industry, so I struggle in getting to the leaders in my market industry. And I associate myself through these accelerated programs to gain knowledge of who I can talk to, how I can get to know from person A to B to C. It's all word of mouth. It's all referrals. It's all about building a relationship and having that trust and the credibility when somebody recommends me. So I think that's all it has taken in the last two years during the pandemic when we were very low on sales. What I really spent my time was building on that relationship building, that trust building, so that when I'm ready to push for that sale, I have sales ready from person A, person B who believes in me. So that's why I was able to build my network. I love it. Now, I want to ask you a little bit about the product itself. What was the process like in getting a prototype together? And can you share how it's made? Because I'm sure a lot of people are trying to figure out how palm leaves turn into plates. That's a great question. I always get that asked. Get out. These are not from leaves because they look like bamboo. They are very woody. They look very, they've got textures on it. They're very light. So it's very flabbergasting for people when they ask me. So it's a very easy process. So what happens is in India, in the southern part of India, there are a lot of areca palm farms. The main purpose of these areca palm farm is to produce areca nuts which are used for people to chew. They are beetle nuts that are used for chewing. They are minty and they use in mouth fresheners and some people eat it with tobacco. So that's another product that is in the market. But what actually happens with the tree is like every tree, the leaves fall 
And those leaves start composing, they start composting in three months on their own because it's a leaf, they become soil. So right before that happens, we see that pile, we pick that up and we go through a cumbersome process of cleansing them with fresh water. So they get all cleaned, then they get sun dried. And that's how the leaves that are on the ground, which are light green, they turn brown because of the whole cleaning process because of sun drying. So that's how they get their brown look, the bamboo look, the woody look. And once they are well sun dried, they are hard, they go under a machine where they we where we have metal molds that are made of aluminum and that's what gives the plates or the bowls the shape that we want or the depth that we desire so we put them under these big machines we heat compress them and that's the only thing we put is the heat compression which gives them the formation and then we put them under a uv sanitation machine each product is uv sanitized and then wrapped and then is ready to be sold to the consumer. So it's a very easy process. The only cumbersome part is the collection of the leaves because that takes labor, that takes a lot of energy, that takes a few days. So once the raw material is there, it's just easy. It's an eight-hour shift for our women employees. They keep putting the leaves under the machines and we can generate around one lakh plates every every month. Amazing. Now, as far as, because like you said, the leaves biodegrade, and I know that a lot of problems some of the early companies in this space had was they would put out a product made of uh, plant fiber or something like that. And then if it gets too hot, like it melts or it starts to biodegrade before it actually gets into the consumer's hand. Have you had any kind of issues with that? So we have not faced that kind of challenge, but the challenge that we face is we have to keep our products wrapped in a shrink wrap because what you said, when there's sunlight or when there is humidity or when there's water, of course, the challenges of mold getting on the tableware. And of course, you want to keep them sanitary in a place where they are safe from dust or any bugs. The challenge we face is if the products are left opened, which is outside of the shrink wrap, of course, there are chances of getting the shapes warped. So instead of a perfect circle, they'll start warping from one side, depending on how much moisture they're getting or what the humidity around them is. So you have to keep them, but their shelf life is easily six months. If you have products laying around your houses, they are easy to be used within six months. Or sometimes we can even do one year if they're nicely wrapped and kept in a dark place without any sunlight. Gotcha. And as far as where you make them, did you actually have to build out your own factory for that? Or are you co-packing it at someone else's facility? or what does that look like for you? So right now we do not have our own manufacturing unit because that's a lot of investment if you ask and I don't have that. Right now we are bootstrapped, which means four years into this business, I've not taken any loans because I've been able to sell great. We have enough cash flow that we pump back into the business. And that was the whole point of not starting with our own manufacturing unit. And we do third-party manufacturing in India, which means we get to say who we want to employ. And that's why I chose to manufacture in India because a big part of my business model is charity around the women workers in India because it is a still a very male-dominated society and I want to give women equal rights to build and be the bread earners for the family. So it's, it is a big reward when you want to bring a change in their lifestyle, in their livelihoods. We can show that we want to support them and we are supporting them. So it is a third-party manufacturing unit, but we get to say who we want to employ and how many women, then the men. So all of that is something I do on a personal level. If you follow our Instagram, you will be able to actually see our relationship with our women employees, how we are able to give them employment for so many years and keep them thriving for their families. That's absolutely amazing. It's great work that you're doing. I love it. Thank now, you. yeah, of course. I want to ask you, as far as the business goes itself, and especially since you said that you're bootstrapping it, what would you say is your biggest financial obstacle right now? 
I think the biggest obstacle would be we are very much mainstreamed onto online uh, e-commerce. And again, let's say if there's another pandemic happening. I don't know if you're going to survive it because like I said, even today, 90% of my business is all online e-commerce. So that's a very good channel, but I think I want to diversify my income streams, which is that's why I was talking about getting into retail or getting into some brick and mortars here in little boutique shops around Oregon or nationally if there are people who are interested in our retailers. So maintaining that healthy balance between e-commerce and other channels is what I'm looking for so that I don't run into a challenge when it comes to management of the finances with business. Gotcha. And then as far as marketing goes, do you do any paid marketing or is it all word of mouth, just social media or what is that like? We try to maximize whatever's free because as a business owner, I love saving all my dollars, like I said, because it all comes from me. So I not only know how to spend it, but also how to save it. So I try to do a lot of marketing, a lot of social media by myself. So if the listeners are listening, yes, there's a chance I will respond to you directly. And I'm, I do spend I do take out priority time to talk to my consumers at the end of every night. I scroll around on our social media and see what's going on, what questions people might have or what what they are trying to find out from my brand. What can we serve them with? What kind of knowledge or what kind of product? So yes, I try to do a lot by myself, but we also have a budget to spend on marketing, whether it's ad campaigns, whether it's Google. So we do keep some funds exclusively for sponsored ads because of course that's somewhere where we have a bigger reach, bigger impressions where I can not do the magic. So I let the dollars do that magic for me. Gotcha. Makes sense. Now, what is one initiative that you have in your business for this year? Or if you could see one thing accomplished by the end of the year inside the business, what would that be? Oh boy, I have a lot. I don't know which one particular I want, but definitely it's going to be as a mompreneur, I do want to have a work-life balance, a better work-life balance because I'm still termed as a workaholic. And when you're a mom, you're wearing so many hats around the family and it's really hard to disassociate yourself and be like, no, right now I'm just a mom or right now I'm just a wife or right now I'm just a business owner because we try to accomplish a lot in whatever time we have. So I think my one goal is to really go off the grid and have some work delegated so that I can take some responsibilities off of my shoulder. And of course, we have cash flow budgeted for that. And if we can reach our target and go on our run rate, we should be able to, I should be able to do that by the end of this year and maintain that blend because I still love working. I still love my family. I just find ways where I can blend the two. Yeah. That's always a challenge for entrepreneurs or for most of them, I think is finding that balance. And especially after four years, those first several years, you have to put in a lot of hours. So it's great that you're working towards that. And I'm looking forward to you achieving that. Very cool. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. Yes. The first three years are the most crucial. If you can survive that, you're good. And that's, I think that's where a lot of companies even can't maintain their cash flow because they just spend, they don't look what they really can do themselves and then build enough cash flow so that now they can work on spending and delegating. Yeah. And about that delegation and cash flow, now I want to ask you a little bit about financial freedom. So let's say you do get to that point in your business where you're able to delegate most of what you're doing right now and can step away as you like, and you have enough money flowing in that you can provide the lifestyle for yourself and your family that you dream of. When you have all of that time back, what are you going to do then? Pursue more passion projects. That's what my goal is, to have more financial stability. That's why I'm into this. I'm in this to make an impact, plus have an income for myself. At the end of the day, I want to be bringing in for my family so that we can thrive together. So I think I want to explore more business ideas, more passion projects so that uh, maybe right now they're not generating immediate income, but when they when I align them with my time and values and interests, that's a long-term goal that I have. 
Can you give us a little hint as to what some of those passion projects might be? Maybe another piece of India to everybody, like I just got. Everybody a piece of India where we enjoy India in our homes, in our events, by eating on tableware that's made from leaves. So maybe something around the same line from our culture, maybe another product. Very nice. Love it. Okay. For people who want to find out more about what you do and more about you, where can they go to do that? They can, of course, go to our website, which is detox.com to learn much more about how we are doing what we're doing, how we support the women. And they can also find us on amazon.com, walmart.com, Wayfair, Etsy, and just Google us. And again, find the social media. Like I said, I manage the social media myself. So if you're somebody wanting to talk to me directly, don't hesitate to look at all of our social media, whether it's Facebook, Pinterest, TikTok, or Instagram. I'll be there. Perfect. And I just want to clarify again for those listening, that's D-T-O-C-S, detox, not the normal spelling. Yes. So this is a non-standardized spelling, D-T-O-C-S, detox.com. Perfect. All right. You've had so many wonderful insights that you shared with us. So it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on. I know I got a lot of value out of this and it's been a lot of fun. I hope the listeners did too. So just really thank you for taking your time out of your day and jumping on the podcast with me. You are so welcome. And to the listeners today, I also do want to throw out a coupon code if they really want to know how we do this with leaves. And don't take my word for it. Go and see. Yes, I do sell leaves. And you can use the coupon code DETOX10. That is D-T-O-C-S followed by the number 1010. And you can use that at the checkout for a 10% off and free shipping on any order within the United States. So feel free to give us a try and you won't regret it. Perfect. Thanks for sharing that. And then lastly, if you have one piece of advice for all the entrepreneurs out there, what would you tell them? Oh, let's see. Definitely take care of your well-being first, because when you're there, your business is there. If you're not there, if you're not present 100%, I don't think you can watch over your business. So work in your business, yes, but then have a boundary so that you can work on your business later after you're you can take care of your well-being. 100%. Health is the real wealth because if you don't have that, it doesn't matter how much money you made or how big you grew your business or any of that. So great advice. All right. Thanks again for coming on to all the listeners out there. I really appreciate you taking the time out of your day to listen to the podcast. And if you haven't had the opportunity yet to subscribe and follow us and leave us one of those five-star reviews, that helps us get the word out to more entrepreneurs. So we would really love if you do that. And in order to do that, you can go to TYF Podcast. That's the letters pyfpodcast.com. We'll see you next time. Thanks again. If you've listened this far, chances are you're an entrepreneur looking to become more financially literate and create financial freedom for yourself from your business. The Pay Yourself First podcast is definitely here to help with that. My goal is to continue to share what I've learned about using your business as the tool to create financial freedom. But let's face it, it would take me years to share with you everything you need to know via these episodes. Creating financial freedom is something that most people never even consider, let alone make a plan for or take action towards. It's something almost no one was taught anything about. Doing it as an entrepreneur is even more challenging, especially without support. So if you're ready to get clear on what financial freedom looks like for you, come up with an action plan and get the support systems and accountability you need, I invite you to consider the Abundantly Infinite Entrepreneur. I created the program to help entrepreneurs just like you get a handle on their personal and business finances and start building confidently towards financial freedom. And it's how you can discover ways to take 10 years off your retirement, add an extra five or six figures to your portfolio, and finally get clear on what numbers you should be tracking in your business and why. 
Together, we'll gain clarity around your financial goals and what being financially free would actually look like for you. Then we'll put together a customized game plan to get you there and the accountability to see you through. And by the way, you're also gonna get all the spreadsheets you need to run your numbers, lifetime access to the materials, including any updates, and entry into our members-only community. In addition to all the knowledge, coaching, community, and systems that you need to create financial freedom from your business, you'll also receive a free financial assessment, a retirement planning session, and guided meditation aimed at helping you embody the feeling of true financial freedom. So yeah, you can just listen to the free content on these podcasts to help you move towards becoming a financially free entrepreneur. And sure, you'll likely see some results, or you can make the decision to commit to learning, implementing, and embodying what you need to know to create the financially free life you dreamed of when you started your business journey. Click the link in the show notes to answer a quick questionnaire, and you'll be on your way to joining the Abundantly Infinite Entrepreneur.